Shabbos Mavarchim. Wow, Rishchodesh Nissen is coming in. Rishchodesh Nissen, wow. We said, Misha Nichnas Adam Marv Mesimcha. Misha Nissen, Misha Nichnas Nissen. There's a Yiddish phrase I saw some in a safer this week, yeah? That Mizohaben Nisim in the Monat from Nisim. You should have Nisim in the month of Nisim. It should be a month of Nisim. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for the big Nisim. We, want, we don't want the small stuff. We want the big stuff. So I just want to give you a little overview, some, uh, some background of just uh, life in Israel. We'll share a little bit of that just to keep you a little bit abreast. And it's like amazing to, to even think about and contemplate that, uh, that uh, you haven't been able to come here for over a year, a year now, and I haven't been able to come there. Um, I spent a lot of time this week with a lot of simchas, Baruch Hashem, and a few of them were in the old city. I don't know if I sent that. I don't know if I sent out the pictures. I could maybe send some of you to some of the pictures also. But uh, we had a great, great chasna um, in the old city on top of uh, someone's porch, their rooftop, which is even higher than Eishat Torah. And uh, it's like really close to Eishat Torah, but it's even higher up, the Weisbergs. And uh, they're old age people. And there was a young couple a Tommy Dav, the Rebbe Sinai, got married to a guy from Eish. Rabbi Berkowitz was the Messiah Kedushin, and I had, I had a bracha, Baruch Hashem. And it was at 3.15 in the afternoon. They were like yakis. They started on time. And um, it was like an amazing thing just to be able to see the coastal from such a vantage point and to see, really see the Makkah Amigdash. It's really a lot, lot higher. And um, so I was at the coastal a few times this week, went to Davin. And then we had a bris of a Yaakov, son of a Yaakov Talmud, Danny Taub, SI boy. I'm trying to think if he's a JC boy also. I'm trying to think if he went to JC. Could be. Could be went to JC. Can't remember. And he is a direct descendant of the of the Majusi Rebbe. His name is Taub from the Taub family. And even though he himself didn't grow up with the Hasidish uh, Begadim and everything else, but today Baruch Hashem, he's gone back to his roots and he's dressed like a Hasidish who is very Hashvi Yagaman, learning here in Yerushalayim, he asked me to come, and the Majus the Rebbe was Sandik. I was Sandik at the bris, his last bris, which was like two years ago, maybe three years ago and it was on Shabbos I walked all the way from Harnot, but the Majus Rebbe came and I had the brachas Baruch Hashem is chus to have the brachas and I gave him the name the name, if I'm not mistaken, could be I'm misquoting, but I think it's Shmuel Eliyahu, Shmuel Eliyahu, which is named after the one of the first uh, Majestic Rebbe's. So Baruch Hashem, there was Simchas, and then yesterday, the Yeshiva, Ateris Yaakov, which my son, Dovber, is doing such a gewaldic job. So what we do is a little bit differently. You know, at the end of the year in Ner Yaakov, we used to make the... Uh, end of the year, Grand Siams. You guys remember the Grand Siam, right? Which everyone got up to speak, and it was a fantastic, fantastic event. And there was a lot of a lot of heart and a lot of growth that we saw in everybody. So over here, my son does a little differently. We make we make two times we make a Siam. We make one Siam, not necessarily a Siam on the Sech, we make a Siam at the end of the Zaman, which is the end of the winter Zaman. 
And then at the end of the, the summer's month, before Tisha B'Av, then we have guys making siyum on the sechters, and um, and then the guys then the guys themselves speak. But over here, my son speaks with every single guy. So we went to the beach. We went to the beach in Netanya, which was unbelievable. Like a, a year, we haven't been able to go out to the beach, but now the beaches are open. And it happened to be, we, it was the one or two days that it was very very warm. Even though it's been unseasonably cold in Eretz Yisrael for a long period of time, it got really really warm and nice. It was just like, it was like amazing. You had to go out and just to go to the beach. And um, the guys were boating, guys were swimming, throwing football. I threw a football. I didn't go into the water because they said, first the water was freezing cold, but you know, because it's really cold, but I didn't want to go into the water. But anyway, you get all sandy and all dusty and everything else. You got to wash off. Yeah, whole business deal. And then we went to a park and we had a beautiful, beautiful um, barbecue. And there we made the see them. And... It was a tremendous event. My son spoke about how each person, each guy in the yeshiva got so much out of it. And uh, so it was a full day. That was yesterday. And then I came back to Harnov and the Rebetzin. I'm not just saying the little things that are happening in our lives, but just to try to share with you a little bit. The Rebetzin had made a successful shidduch between a young man who's learning in Macha and Shloma and a young lady who's learning in Sharim, which is where she teaches. And... Um, and the Rebbesin, not only did she make the Shaduchim, and not only she cooked the Machan Shlama, but she also made the, the Vort in our house. Because, you know, these guys don't have family and everything else, so we made it in our house, and it was very Lebedic, and the guys from Machan Shlama came, and was singing, Rabbi Gershon spoke, I spoke. Rabbi Yeshua Stein is a great, great person. Rabbi Goldberg's son-in-law, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua Stein, is one of the great, great Kayach. And our very own Rabbi Goldberg's son-in-law, so it's great. So why am I telling you all of this? Because, you know, like, it looks like things are getting better, you know, like things are getting better, which is the way we want it to be, you know. Baruch Hashem, the vaccine is taking a great, great role and the numbers are down. The economy is opening up, stores are opening, restaurants are opening. They even say that like hotels are beginning to open here in Israel. Not that the truth is I passed by the hotels before, you know, the Wald of Astoria, the David Citadel, all these places, they've been shattered and shuttered shut for months and months and months and months and they're not open yet. And I don't know if they're going to be opening for Pesach because no tourism. But uh, but still, there's like people around and people walking in the streets and it's it's good. It's geschmack. So we would love to say that, you know, everything is going great. Everything's wonderful. You know, okay, we're like, we're almost over COVID. But with a little bit of a false sense of uh, propriety, because, um, first of all, there's the entire world, and we still know that there's plenty of people that are in danger, and we have to dive in for a lot of people. And it's still here in the world. It's still affected so many people. It's still affecting so many people. And every day I hear about another person who I know personally who's been having a difficulty with the case. And I just heard this morning in shul that someone is very hush for Talmud Chacham, and he's, he got the case a month ago, and he's in a very, very difficult matziv. And uh, we have to dab him for everybody. So we're getting closer to, on one hand, it's like a year's, uh, how would I say it? Uh, a year anniversary of the, big, of the corona, of the COVID. And this was really when the things, if you remember a year ago, this is when things were beginning to become pretty heavy, especially in the States in the, those days. You guys were being affected a lot more than we were at that time. 
but still over here we're very, very careful and cautious. Now the, the shuls had closed, minyanim had closed, uh, we had porch minyanim, we had chatzim minyanim. You know, I chose the topic for the today's Zoom shmooze to be, you know, why is, what's different about this year's Pesach? Manishtana ha Pesach hazeh mikol hashanim. This year's Pesach and all the other Pesachim. So we have to hark back to um, last year's Pesach. What was different about last year's Pesach? And try to draw some insights and understand that those lessons are lessons that we should should work on. Because Baruch didn't bring this into the world just to give a lot of tzaris, a lot of changes in a physical sense and just you know, not being involved in pushing us in a way that we're supposed to change our spiritual dimensions, our spiritual zones. So these are some thoughts that I had. Everyone can come up with their own reasons, but these are some of the things that I was thinking about. Um, if we remember a year ago, Pesach at home, I don't know what it was like by you, but Pesach at home by us was, it was uh, home alone. We couldn't have any children, no grandchildren. For the first time in our married lives, we weren't allowed that. We, we couldn't did see it. We didn't see our children. We were zooming beforehand. I remember like, zooming, zooming. Who remembers like the pre-Pesach zooming? You know, we're trying to sing a little bit together, make like you know practicators. But it came Pesach night. It was Rebbitz and Liv and Rabbi Liv in the house all alone, and we weren't the only ones. Everybody was like that, and there was a. A, a declaration by the Rabbanim that on the Leil Pesach, we only have one night of Pesach, not like you have two nights of Pesach, that everyone should go to the porches and should sing together V'hisha Amda L'Avuseinu V'lanu. When it came at the time of the beginning of, this, of the Seder night, everyone went to the porches, we all screamed out together V'hisha Amda L'Avuseinu I think there's even a video of it that was recorded by a non-Jewish person that was here in Arno for Filipino. Maybe you can get it on YouTube. I could try to track it down. And that was how we were trying to gather together. And I remember the next morning, we were davening hollow. I was davening from my porch, looking downstairs to the chutzir, getting 10 people together, 20 people together. It was home alone. Porches, chutzeris, spread us, spread us out. Spread us out. We can't be together. So what, what did we, what did we have? What did we have? We had Vehisha Amda. We had Vehisha Amda. That a Baruch Hu is being aimed with us no matter where we are. And that's a lesson, which is a life lesson, which a Baruch Hu instilled within us last year. And a Baruch Hu wants to understand that, that that's something we have to take with us. Vehisha Amda. What's the only thing that we have? That's constant. V'hishamda. It's the Rebbeinishtam. He was Aymed. And behold, over there, Aymed him alayna l'chalasin, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's alayna miyadam. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's watching, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's taking care of us. And if in previous years, it might have been Holocaust and pogroms and 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 and, and, and inquisitions and, and bombings in Yerushalayim, lo alaynu. And we didn't necessarily fully understand that HaKadosh Baruch is the only thing that keeps us alive. So HaKadosh Baruch has to send us a Magaifa. 
to give us another lesson. What do you have? What do we have? What does man have? Can man plant? Today I was at the caver of uh, uh, very close friends, father, you, all of you from there, Yaakov, familiar with Mr. Mr. Lowinger, Mayor Moshe Lowinger, the grandfather of many of the people that know Ner Yaakov, Eli Lowinger, and Ben Lowinger, and other Talmudim, Yitzi Lowinger, Yaakov Lowinger, spent time in Ner Yaakov. And uh, it's the second year in a row that Mr. Ronnie Lowinger, Shabik Zutnstark, and his brother Andy couldn't come to Eretzol to be at the Kever. And they asked us to make a minion. I made a minion together, Rabbi Sklar. And there's a a, a, a granddaughter that lives here in Harnov, Mrs. Tova Levinson, and we spoke about how it's like really like amazing. It's 20 years since Mr. Lowinger passed away, and um, I spoke a little bit, a few words, and I just said one of the things that Mr. Lowinger had, and I want to speak about that more in detail in a second, was that first of all, he was a, a, a Tehillim Yid, always had a Tehillim on his side, everything was Tehillim, everything was Tehillim. And he was a survivor of the Holocaust, and not only was a survivor of the Holocaust, but he was instrumental. I remember hearing it from the air lawyer of Zetzal himself. He was instrumental in helping to keep the entire Budapest ghetto alive. 60,000 Jews were literally saved because of his efforts of making the soup kitchen. The soup kitchen's not stop a soup kitchen. That was, that was the sustenance. And there's a book that's written about him, and I remember himself telling these stories about how he clearly saw the Yad Hashem, how he was taken through the Nazis, through the SS officers, through the KGB, whatever they had in those days. And he, he knew at one point that there was something that happened, and he said he knew that the person that, that it was Elion Novi was there with him. Elion Novi saved him. And even just to say those words is an amazing, amazing thing. And Muna in HaKadosh Baruch to take us through all the hardships. HaKadosh Baruch is trying to tell us, hey, now, today, don't lose sight of that. Hey, you know, I, I, I gave you something and you had to cry out for it, and we're still crying out. I want you to be attached to me. So HaKadosh Baruch is begging us for Amuna. He's begging us for Amuna. It's a Gavaldic word that I saw from Rabbi Avram Shur, Neget Amuna, that we start out in the... Um, we have to start speaking about Haggadah's Pesach already. Ah, getting closer. Achonis, Shloshim Yom Kodam Achag, and now it's Reish Reish Chodesh. Only two weeks. Guys, guys, start learning Haggadah. So, what do we say in the beginning of Haggadah? We're all familiar with those words. Halach Ma'anya, the Achol Avasana, the Arad of Mitzrayim. This is the poor bread of affliction that we ate in Mitzrayim. And then it goes to the whole thing. Kol Dichvin Yisav Yechol, Kol Ditzur Yisav Yisach, Hashata Hacha. This year we're here. And we end off the entire uh, wording of the of the there's only three, four words at the end that are in Lashana Kodesh. Similar to the words we're going to say at the end of the Seder. Why do we say those words in, why do we say the first words in Aramaic and then we say the, the last words we say in Lashana Kodesh? That's the Kasha which the Svarim HaKadoshim deal with. So it's an interesting insight which he mentions. We'll say it like this. The Gemara in Brachas, the Gemara has a famous story of Rebbe Kiva came to a town and no one invited him, him in. And um, he had a rooster and he had a candle and a donkey. He went out into the fields 
the rooster was eaten by a cat. The wind came and blew out the candle, right? The, the donkey ran away. And so he's without food. That was the rooster. He's without light, warmth and light. And he's without his mode of transportation. And he says, Everything that Baruch does for good. And he falls asleep, cold, bereft, without any source of nourishment, without any way of getting around. Wakes up the next morning, he goes to the town, and what does he see? He sees that there was a pogrom in the town, everyone was killed. And he sees clearly that Akash Baruch saved him. Akash Baruch saved him. So the Lashon of the Gemara is, he said, um, at nighttime he had said, Kol ma'ad But now he adds on the words, and he says in Lashon HaKadosh, he says, Everything that Kodesh Baruch does l'toiva. So they're bothered by the question, again, previously he said, and in Aramaic, and now he's saying it in Lashon HaKadosh, a similar thing to what we see by the whole Achmanya. So we know that Aramis is the hidden, the hidden words of the of the Torah. In fact, the Gemara it's interesting. He brings out a pasuk. He says that when Adam Arishan, when he when he uh, wanted to create Chav, it says Vayapol of Tardema. He made him sleep. Tardema. The Gematria of Tardema is six hundred and forty nine which is the same gematria as Targum. So Targum is like the sleep. What does the sleep mean? Targum is like the, the not clear aspect of the Torah. Targum is Aramaic. Aramaic is not clarity. Unclear. Lashon HaKadosh is clarity. Lashon HaKadosh is Kadosh. It cuts through. It's Bahir. It's Or. It's light. So that's Pshat in the Gemara. The Gemara says that Rabbi Akiva exclaimed, Why? Because at that point, it was cold, it was dark. There wasn't any nourishment. He thought that the world had collapsed, so to speak. So, but he knew he had Bitochen, he had a Muna, and he called out, The next morning when he went back, when he saw clearly what HaKadosh Baruch had done for him, when things were clear, then he said, then he explained that it should be in Lashon HaKadosh. And that's what we do at the beginning of the Seder night. Beginning of the Seder night, hey, we're in the same matziv as Klai Yisrael was in Mitzrayim. You think about it. Matzah that we're going to eat is called uh, Matzah Demei Menusa. It's the Matzah of Emunah. Why is it called Matzah Demei Menusa? a lot of different proportion, but one of the Pshatim is that when did they eat the Matzah? They ate the Matzah before Chatzos of Leal Pesach. What was Leal Pesach? Between Yud Dalit and Tezvav. At that point, you know what was happening in Mitzrayim? All the Bukharis in Mitzrayim were being killed. Did Pyro yet decree that Klai Yisrael could go out? No. He had not yet decreed that they could go out. And for the entire time that they were there, he kept on changing his mind, kept on changing his mind, kept on changing his mind. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbein to tell Klai Yisrael to shech the Korban Pesach and to eat the Matzah. So what did every single Jew do? They ate the matzah. And they had a muna that the Kodesh Baruch was going to take them out that night. Did they, did they really, really see it clearly 
that a Kodesh Baruch is going to take them out? No, but they had a Muna. A Muna is the point of connection to a Kodesh Baruch Hu. And it's a, it's, a, it's a word which is bantied around. You know, everyone speaks about faith, faith in God, faith in God. But a Yid is built with emuna within him. We've seen it from time and time again. In the end of the day, the only thing that we have to lean on is our emuna and HaKadosh Baruch. And really what HaKadosh Baruch has been pushing us all along during these times is to have that emuna, to have that emuna. And that's the beginning of the Leil Seder. That's what we have to think about this Leil Seder. Do I truly have emuna? Do I truly have emuna? It's not an easy thing. Emuna is not an easy thing. We, sometimes you have to go through a lot of difficulties to really see where your amun is holding. Am I a real mammon? Am I a real mammon? The name Amidim. And that, that's the theme of everything is, that deals with Amunah. An imam in Bemunah Shleimah, the Via Samashiach, the Im. And Vachakula Bukhayim, so Im, Afopishis Mameya. Even though it looks like he's not yet, he's not coming. Afopishis Mameya, even calls that Chakulod. Bukhayim Shayavan. I told over the Majesty Rebbe Yamaisa, just go off on a tangent for a second. Yeah, that I saw unbelievable Maisa. <laughs> he he didn't know the Maisa. I told him over by the by the, by the bris. I saw that the Ariz that, that the Ripshlaim Al Kavitz, Ripshlaim Al Kavitz, the Baal Khadaidi. You guys remember we used to go to Tzvas. Ah, the Baal Khadaidi, the Khadaidi, the Kaskala. The whole thing is only a couple hundred years that we say these words. Khadaidi. And he was there in the in the in the shul at the same time as the Arizal was there, and the uh, the other chashvid that were living in those days. Now he had a minig that he would go some kind would go to the kever of Yirmiyo Anovi every erev Shabbos, and he would dive in there. Now this is what the Rebbe had a question on the thing because it's not so clear where Yirmiyo Anovi is buried. Most shittas hold that he's buried in Bavel. In but there is a sheet that's all brought down that he's buried in Yerushalayim. He's buried near Shar Shechem. And there's a Mara there, supposedly, that that's where he's buried. So that's probably where it says, you know, how he got from Tzvast to Yerushalayim and Erev Shabbos. Yeah, you know, don't ask cashers on, on big people how they do these things. So one time he goes there, and when he gets there, he sees there's an old man with a vice aboard, and he's wearing white clothes, big day loving. And he's not speaking, but he's holding a big pitcher, a pail of water. And he's like motioning to him. And he can see, the Rapsalim Al-Kavitz could see the Baal Chaldeh, this person, he's in a, he's, he's, he's got a lot of pain in him. But he's motioning to him. And then he turned around for a second and he turned back and he wasn't there anymore. Okay, so what do you do when you have such a vision? You go to one person who was living at that time. The Arizal goes to the Arizal. Well, by the time he got to the Arizal, Arizal already knew what happened. The Arizal told him that was Yirmiyoh Anovi. And Yirmiyoh Anovi was a Kay, is a Kayan. And he was taking to you the flask of water because you're a lady. And he wanted you as a lady to wash his hands, like it says in the Hyatt Parsha, it speaks about the cure that the Levium used to wash the hands of the Kohanim. And if you would have washed his hands, then the Gula would have come. That's, what, that's, what, that's the Maisa that I saw. And you missed out on it. You missed out on it. 
I saw this Meister brought down from Reb Yitzchak Saratskin brought it down. He's one of the big Tamil Chachamim in, in Lakewood. He's a big Rashiva, son of Reb Baruch Saratskin, big guy. He brought down this Meister. And uh, he writes, that we, and the I told him that you should know that there was an ace Ratzin that Mashiach would have come if you would have washed, you would, the lady would have washed Yom Yonavi's hands. Now, I don't understand the, the depth of that, but we do see is one thing. There's something called ace Ratzin. Ace Ratzin. Rabbi said, we're holding in a matzav of ace Ratzin. Because Baruch doesn't bring things into the world and collapses the entire world Stam. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is speaking to us in a very clear language. We just have to see it. We have to have a muna in him. We have to realize it's an Eis Ratzin. And Eis Ratzin, we have to act differently than we act normally. We have to chap the Eis Ratzin. That's one aspect that I think that we should take into our counting. We should take into our minds as we prepare ourselves this year for Pesach to recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to have a Munah. It's not an easy thing, a Munah. How do I commit myself? Now, one of the things that, that you know, we in our generation that we, we also have to work on is giving over the Torah, giving over the Masorah, giving over from one generation to the next generation. And that's what Pesach is all about. You've got to teach your children. And we all do it in as best, best of fashion as we can. But there's one aspect that we really have to ask ourselves if we're really committed to, and that's, you know, if we ask ourselves, I mean, I, I'm not here to go bash anything, but I did hear, I heard a, a, a certain drusha, and I just want to share it with you just to give a perspective. The Blazer Ginsburg is the Rosh Kola and the Mir Yeshiva in Brooklyn, the big time of Kocham, a grandson of the Pratzko Levenstein. So he was asked on a, on a podcast, he was asked, what does he feel about the... Um, the issue of going to hotels for Pesach. Because, you know, last year, people couldn't go to hotels for Pesach. So anyway, he basically, in a nice way, he, he, he bashed the going to hotel experience. He did it in a nice way. He didn't just come out and say, oh, the people are terrible. He just was bringing out one thing. He was bringing out the message that we've become, like, inundated with that concept of going and spending time in the luxurious hotels and everything else. And the question is, what kind of message does it, does it give to our children? That's what he was saying. What kind of message? And he said, he said on the other hand, when you stay home and, and, you, and, and, and you, you make the Pesach and you have your children around the table, especially if you have older children and then you have married children, and you have grandchildren, and you share the message with them of really what it is, then it's, it's, it's the real message of Pesach. Now, again, you know, I think there's, a, there's an avenue and a place for hotels, and I'm not here to go. I'm not here to go take that step. I'm not big enough to be able to discuss that or not. But there's no question that what we have to realize is the Rebunnish wants us, wants us to be the Gadatalabinthi, wants us to be people that are teaching our children the values of who we truly are. And the values they truly are, the truth is like this there used to be a generation where Children saw mysterious nefesh from their parents and their grandparents. In, in, in simple, I just know myself. You know, I, I know what my grandfather and my grandmother, what they went through. You know, they didn't live in Europe. They didn't go through the Holocaust. They came to America before the Holocaust. But their commitment for Shabbos and for Kashrus and for, you know what it is to, be, to, to go to work at the week and know you're going to be fired on Friday because you're not going to work on Saturday. 
That's where my grandfather was. He got fired because he, he didn't. He wouldn't work on Saturday, and we saw it in him. We saw it in him. Now we don't. We don't have that. We don't have that in the science because we can have jobs and we don't have to work on jobs and everything else. But you know what? Hakadosh Baruch Hu wants us to do things in our lives as best as we can that our children and ourselves we should see in ourselves that we're willing to be most nefesh for things. I'm willing to, I'm willing to, when it gets down to it, I am a person who's so committed to the Yiddishkeit and I have to live it. It's not just to talk it, but to walk it. And that's something that the Rebbeinu is asking us, hey, you know what I mean? Like, what, what was it like this year? What was it like this year when we, when we couldn't go to shul, when we couldn't dive with a minion, you know, when we were davening at home, did we really have that same intensity? Do we have, maybe we had more intensity, I don't know. I know myself, there was a period when I was home where I felt the davening was, I was very, very close to HaKadosh Baruch And then like a lot of things, it becomes harder, you know, because it's just not easy. The human experience is not an easy thing, but that's what Ishtadlis is. I was just learning a piece with the Nair Yaakov Talmud from, uh, uh, from Rav Shimshin Pincus and Sharon Betfila. And there he discusses that a lot of times we think about Tefillah, so we want to get close to it. Oh, you know what? I have to fix up my heart, to fix up my mind. I got to be in the right framework. I got to become more of a, a let's say, a Kaddish or a Tahar. And we lose out of this fact that, you know what? The simple things that we can do and we should do. And that's what it was all about is to say the words Bekavana, to mean the words, to sit there and to say, Yishtabach Shimcha Lo'ad Malkeinu, to say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Lo'keinu Hashem to say the Shmon Esrei and to try your best to be Mechavin. The words, Rabbi Sai, the Pirish is that's a serious Nefesh also. And that's what the Kodesh Baruch Hu wants from us. Maybe in our generation, we don't get to go be Moshe Nefesh for Shabbos and Kashris. No, we don't have to do that. But what can we be Moshe Nefesh for? And Muna, and Tefillah, and Bakosha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling us, hey, Pesach is coming. It's the Zman of Geula. And we should daven. We should daven that this year we should be Zaycha to be able to have clarity in our, in our own avoda. We should daven that our families should be able to see that we have a commitment, which is something which is real. You know, I just have to speak out this thing, which is, you know, this week's parsha is the, the, the parsha of Yaakov Bakuda, double parsha. And uh, I'm going to speak a little bit about tomorrow as well. But, you know, one of the psukim which speaks about it speaks about the Indian of, in the beginning of the parish, it speaks about you have to keep Shabbos, and Shabbos takes precedent even over the building of the Mishkan, even the building of the Mishkan. There are a lot of connections between Shabbos and the Mishkan. And Rav Pincus describes them because you see that, like, if you do on Shabbos little things, if we really think about it, you know, we don't do it, but if we think about it, like, you know what I mean? Just flip a switch and the light goes on. What did I really do? I didn't do much. You know, I didn't die. I just flipped the switch. Nothing happened. But you know, you have skiller for that. Why? Because we don't realize what Shabbos is all about. If we would realize that Shabbos is the point where we connect completely with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're completely, completely in sync with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when we decide to do something which is creating in a physical world a event where I make things change like by doing a malacha, then that's stopping the connection. 
So what happens if you have a doctor, this is the muscle that he gives, who's going to perform open heart surgery on a patient? Now, he's a uh, first year medical student. Would you take him as your surgeon for your, uh, for your heart operation? I would venture not. Would you take uh, a person who you haven't investigated into seeing uh, what his track record is? I would venture you wouldn't do that. You want to get the best person that you can. Why? Because when you're under the scalpel and that person is going to make an incision to you and it's a matter of millimeters, either in your brain or in your heart, those areas are areas which are so sensitive. That's the mayach and the lave. That if there's one iota of an infraction, already a person could leave the world. So therefore, we're very, very cautious. Shabbos and Migdash, they have that aspect. Now here we see that Shabbos takes precedent even over Migdash. That's a separate shmuz. I will speak about that tomorrow. But the main thing is, is that our hearts and our minds, those are the two areas where we're, we're, it's, we're, we're connected to HaKadosh Baruch He says an unbelievable thing. He says the mayach and the lev are the physical connector points to the spiritual dimension of HaKadosh Baruch Mayach v'lev. Everything else are avarim, but those panemium things are really, really important. That's why we have to be so careful about the lusts which are in our heart, and we have to be careful about not affecting our mayach, our brain. Our brain is the seichel, because those are the areas which connect us to HaKadosh Baruch in the highest possible fashion. Ah. So those things I was thinking about, emuna, Tfila, Mesiris Nefesh, recognizing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with us under these times. And what do we have to say? We have to say, like we say in the in the next year we're going to be B'nai Chayrin. What does it mean B'nai Chayrin? If we have our connection to the Torah as best as we can, and what do we say at the end of the Seder? We want to be in Yushalayim Abnuya. Do I really want to be in Yushalayim Abnuya? Is that something that I'm really, I'm really urging myself on? Is that something that I'm connected with? I want to see Yerushalayim. I want to see it rebuilt. I want to see the base of Mikdash being rebuilt. I want to go. I want to be able to be connected to Kodesh Baruch That's what I have to be. That's what I have to have in my mind. Ah, today was the art site of the famous, famous Rosh Hashiva and Tzadik with Pinchas Scheinberg Zeichel of Torah. And I'm sure you guys remember. If you had a chance to visit Rabbi Scheinberg, and he wore many pairs of tzitzis, and he was a tremendous masmid. I heard that the Blaze Yehuda Finkel, the old Rashiva, the Mir Yeshiva, said the biggest masmid in the entire Mir Yeshiva was of Pinchas Scheinberg. If Scheinberg was the biggest masmid. You know what that is? Yeah, we're talking about Gedoyan, who's the biggest masmid. There are a lot of stories about Rabbi Scheinberg. Um, Rav Steinberg used to say something when we would take the boys to visit. Oh, boys, you should know. You know, he, he, they used to call him. You know, he used to call him Lefty Steinberg. But he um, give a shout out to Rabbi Ackerman Schlitter, who was a Talmud Muvik, who was very, very close to them. Many of the times we would have this chus having Rabbi Steinberg would be called Rabbi Ackerman Schlitter. Rav Steinberg used to say over oh, that when you come to Yushalayim, the difference between Yushalayim, the streets are named after. Rechov Harajba, Rechov Haramban, Rechov Rashi, 
These are streets which are connect, connect us with our past, with our, with our great leaders. He says, what do you have in New York? John Street, Wall Street, right? You know, what do they connect you with? So Yushalayim is the place that we all, we, our aspirations are to come back to Yushalayim and to be able to, um, to see the avoid of the Beis HaMignosh. And that means something that we have to strive for. So there's no easy formulas about how we're going to have the Gula come. But guess what, guys? Nisim is the time of Nisim. Nisim, a seed in Ligal. And that's what we should be aspiring for. That's what we should be praying for. We're urging ourselves. And the Avaida is not necessarily going to be this change overnight. It's going to be that I dive in love today. Did I learn something today? Did I do a chesed today? Did I cry today for the gula? Did I show myself and show my families that my commitment and that their commitment should be something which depicts that, now you know what? Things are not always clear, but I have a muna. I have a muna in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It might not be clear right now, but that's my belief is 100%. Thank you for listening to this Foundation's podcast production. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Thank you.